Hello everyone, it's Paul Newbegin here from the Past Podcast with some very exciting news. I am absolutely delighted that Series 5 of the Past Podcast is brought to you in partnership with our wonderful friends at Chefworks, who are our sponsors last time round as well, so it's great to have them back. And as you'll know, they are famous for outfitting chefs, kitchens and front of house all around the world. Chefworks offer a collection of great uniforms, so to check out their full range, you can visit chefworks.co.uk. Thank you again to Chefworks, and it's great to be back for Series 5 of The Past Podcast. Enjoy! My luck continues in this episode, because we have another 2020 Michelin star winner, and it's the first... Indian restaurant to have won a restaurant uh, to one of Michelin stars, sorry, outside of London. Uh, how cool is that? Akhtar Islam at Ofim in Birmingham. He's my guest this week. Enjoy. So, I'll tell you what was quite funny as I get the, the levels right was I was a student in Coventry when the F word oh, right, came yeah. on. And obviously I was just kind of getting into the world of food and I remember watching people like Lynn Pernell thinking, oh, he's in Birmingham. And then obviously you came up and you were nice and local as well. And I just was like so excited to think that there was all this kind of stuff going on and, you know, when you have like a new adopted home. It must have been quite a crazy time for you to be a part of something like that. Yeah, no, of course, I think doing the F word and prior to that, yeah, I guess around Birmingham people knew uh, what I was about and... um, very much a, a local face, but then I think what what the F word did, putting in front of like six million people every uh, every week, is a completely different kettle of fish, and it just opens up a completely new level uh, of I guess attention that you get as an individual, as, and, and so did the restaurant. So yeah, it's a is a different. It changed my life for sure, yeah. without doubt, yeah. without doubt. Was that like the game-changing moment for you? It kind of shifted what would be your focus. Yeah, so I think, you know, the F word and working with Gordon, that that defined the rest of my career. Yeah. And up till now, it's still something that, I guess it started off, changed the path for the better, I would yeah. say. And um, it's still that journey, I'm still on it. So I'm still excited about where it's going to lead. But it does definitely all start off with uh, yeah. that meeting with Gordon. Well, it was, yeah, like I say, it was just crazy for me because, you know, when you kind of get in to know the food world, I was like, ah, because you kind of, you know, you see TV personalities yeah. and they all kind of seem really established. But we saw somebody right at the beginning, it felt like. Yeah, and I guess uh, what people have since that point, though, I'd like to hope that people have seen me grow as yeah. a as a personality and change. I think back then, I was I was in my late twenties. Uh, I was twenty nine, I think, and yeah, still very cocky. Still felt as though I had something to prove. So every day, I was always fighting. I was, I was just, I was essentially I was an arsehole. But I'd like to say I've uh, uninstalled that arsehole and now I'm just uh, just a nice guy. But it's it's been a, I guess it's been a, a process of ten years and a lot of growing and getting to grips with who you are, and the potential you have, and then the responsibility you have. And yeah. I think that as as I've grown older, that's what I've realised more. And it's that sense of responsibility which is probably 
the key driving force now as opposed to that desire for for fame or for for wealth it's it's more about responsibility and that's what i think you know what legacy what what's your mark what are you doing with the opportunities that you have now i've traveled a lot over the last 10 years and uh it's, it has been an eye-opener. And you start to realise, especially with what's going on in the world as well, you know, what we have and the opportunities we have. And every morning I wake up and ask myself, are, are you going to make the most of today? And, and what are you going to get out of today? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's essentially how I live my life. So the, we're sat over from a theme. We're due to meet in a theme, but that's the newer restaurant, right, that you've been involved in over no, the road. this is my newest. This is the new one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I always had that wrong. I don't know why. I yeah. thought a theme was no, this. 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 So I opened a theme in June last year. Okay, and then uh, five months later, right? Okay, I opened. I started on this project, and we opened Lenya on the first week of January, two thousand nineteen. My mistake. Apologies. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so what was was there the kind of conscious? Because what I was going to say is they're obviously literally next door to each other. So was that kind of a conscious thing to so you could kind of keep your eyes on both sort of thing well yeah it's 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 we've got we've got this we myself and my business partner so we 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 own the entire street so our project is to redevelop the entire street so it used to be a nightclub and a few bars and then um that that all went into receivership a few years ago and uh there's a lot to do with the Birmingham City Council and their uh, decisions to make this area inaccessible. And as a leisure business, uh, something that, you know, one of the key points, accessibility is one of the key points. And it's something that I learned many years back, the three principles of a good restaurant is affordability, accessibility and approachability. And uh, the Birmingham City Council did their their utmost to remove one of the key aspects if people can't get here they can't get here so that they they kill this area so we we took stewardship of the street and um we've been working towards redeveloping the units one at a time but it's about redeveloping this part of the city part of the jury quarter which is something that's been part of my life for a long time but also we're we're right next to the university the ucb where a lot of talented chefs have come out of uh, many who've gone on to do incredible things with their career so we're right right next to uh, the university and and that is part and parcel of the 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 bigger project and the bigger project is investing in Birmingham investing not only in infrastructure but also investing in its talent and that's the big part about our business Uh, our our main core emphasis is having an environment where young raw talent can develop and whether they develop and develop with us or spend some time and they move on to do great things in their career elsewhere either way that's that's what yeah. i think the whole core uh, ideal for summer row and for a female lenya that's that's at our core so was it important then opening here then so that you had two kind of Distinguishments in your mind as to what the two places would represent and be. Well, I think the representation between all the restaurants is exactly the same. The core ideals are, you know, and the, the 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 pillars that my businesses or my restaurants are built on, and that's quality and quality in service, quality in the products that we use, respect for the ingredients that we use, and and about cooking. You know, one thing 
that we pride ourselves on is we cook and we make everything. We use the best ingredients and we everything is done and made in-house, and which is how it should be, which is what I believe a restaurant should do. But sadly, we're in this world now where you've got the food service manufacturers where they're pushing everything. And majority of the restaurants in the city, bar a handful that cook at our level, um, they're all regen, where it's just food that comes in packets. And there are chefs who I've met over the years uh, who've been working in these environments. I had one the other week who'd been working for a, a chain uh, in, in on just off Cornwall Road. And he's been there for five years. I didn't know how to segment an orange, but he was their junior sous. So if you haven't got basic knife skills, but then it's like, well, we've never had to do it. But then when I asked him to make a basic sauce, I asked him to make a, a, a an aioli, and he, just for the Italian, and uh, he didn't know how to do it. So well, we normally just use mayonnaise, and we mix stuff to it, or it comes in ready for us in packets. So for me, it's important that Ofim, Lenya, and the other restaurants that we do, they almost become environments where people are forced to learn what some might regard as basic skills but they're forced you know it's a lot might pe- think people might think well why are you doing that because it's a lot cheaper and more cost effective and more efficient to buy it in and save the labor hours and blah 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 but we'd much prefer we to we invest a lot in our labor so we would much prefer actually no rather than paying someone else to do it we'll do it ourselves so not only do we get a product that's to our own spec but we also have the skills in house. These young young kids are being skilled and they're being taught and they've been learnt. Uh, they're they're learning. Sorry to 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 take these skills. And I always say to the young kids that work with me is whenever you do move on, I want to make sure that you leave. And when you leave this place, you're never an embarrassment to me. And that's that's what we're yeah. about. It's like it's kind of like your legacy, then, isn't it? It's, yeah, essentially. And I do this in a weird way because. <laughs> I see I see where Birmingham's heading and I, I read a, a report a few years ago where Birmingham as a city we had the highest number of restaurant openings in that particular period as a two year period but then all the restaurants that were opening were chains so that got me worried because Birmingham's my city so I could have invested my, myself my, you know, my business partner is, a, is, is American so he has no real links to this city yeah, yeah. Um, but he loves the city he came he, 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 he just had this affinity with it and for me obviously I'm a Brummie born and bred so <laughs> it's just a natural yeah. uh, choice but then you can when you put your business head on you think alright <clears throat> I'm doing a leisure business where can we go we can go anywhere we've got the investment so we can invest it anywhere and most cities are very welcoming like yeah come and do something here with us Blah 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 blah. Whereas we, we we chose to keep that in Birmingham. The reason why is because my worry is that as a city we're going to lose our identity because as a chef I see everything through food and I get to know people through food and I get to know cultures through food. So my it's weird. I sat there and I think thinking to myself like, what will we as a city be known as? Yeah. Or known for? Yeah, yeah. Are we known for having a great Wagamamas? Are we known for having a great Byron Burger? You know, is is that who we are? Yeah. Is it like a pressure almost then to represent your city? Yeah, because this is something like myself, Glenn, Luke, and you know a few other shit like Brad. So you know, we've been like Glenn, 
Luke and I, we've been knocking around for a long time, you know, 20, 20 odd years and, and, and longer. So we started doing this sort of stuff back in, uh, in 2003, 2004, where the city was actually, this, in the Birmingham City Council, they, they actually put a bit of budget behind it because they realised that there's got to be more to Birmingham or they need to try and shed a different, um, I guess, shed that, that reputation that we had for a bunch of, I don't know, unsophisticated, uncultured as a city and as a people. So where do you start? You look at food and leisure and lifestyle and they, they, they put a bit of money behind it and you know, we started part of a campaign It's called the Birmingham Bites campaign and it was really, really good. And then once that finished, myself, Glenn, <clears throat> and, and, you know, like I say, Luke and Andreas from Simpsons, we just continued that movement in our own little way. And um, then that Brad joined us a few years back and he's been doing incredible stuff for us as well, then Adams and, and uh, uh, you know, with the new restaurant as well. So you know, the, the indie scene is there, the independent scene, but a lot of it's on the higher end. Um, so for us, for me, it's, it's very important that we are chefs we, we actually realise the responsibility that we have, whether you are a born and bred Brummie or an adopted one. You know, we're here, and the only person who's going to change, or the only people who are going to change the world's perception of our city is us. Mm. And it shows that if three of us back then were able to change it to a point where we were starting to become regarded as one of the foodiest cities in Europe, and we use the term foodie, but nevertheless. And then even New York Times, they, they, they listed Birmingham as one of the places in the world to visit several years back for our food. And that wasn't because we had a great Wagamama's, Byron Burger, or McDonald's, or, or a Nando's. It was because of the indice. Yeah. And that's why it's very important that we keep that going. And that's why it's very important that the, the, the guests, the, the, the dining public... They realise that as well yeah. because they need to... Yes, it's easy and convenient to just drop into a chain. And a lot of people don't understand that when they go to these chains, <clears throat> they're not actually doing themselves any favours. They're paying a lot of money for substandard food, food that they can actually cook themselves at home because a lot of it isn't really cooked for them, it's reheated for them. So there's no different to going and buying a ready meal in a lot of cases. So it's important that if you are going to go out to eat, support your local restaurants and local business because they are your identity they are your future as a city they're the ones who are gonna they're the ones who are gonna employ little timmy in a few years time when he leaves school and you know get his part-time job and, and and bring him into life and these are these are these are things that people don't i feel a lot of times they don't fully appreciate their responsibility and for me i i i have that sense of responsibility and that's why Myself and my business partner are so hell-bent in investing in this city. Well, I suppose myself, because obviously I'm from Leeds, and the, the kind of thing which I was thinking on the, on the way down, is when, I, when I was living in Coventry for the years, I learned the Midlands and Birmingham, especially the affinity as well that they have with the curries and the Indian cuisines and, and what have you. So I suppose that must be sort of another part of all that is how strong and I you know they talk about the Balti comes from Birmingham don't they and things like that you know that must be kind of another part of that well obviously me and the the old uh, curry and Balti scene we've never really seen eye to eye we've never really been <laughs> friends because that I think they do great stuff and it's fantastic and it, 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 it's it, and 
one of the reasons why I got so far behind, so strongly behind it so many years back was to prove to the world there's more to Birmingham than Bolty. There is more to it. And there is a more sophisticated element and a finer, more refined side of our city, of our people. We're not just about Bolties and burgers and pints of beer. There's more to us. And so, yes, as, as, as much... As wonderful as the, 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 the Balti scene is, it's not something that I've ever been part of and it's not something that I've ever been an advocate of as well. Now, I, I think it's there and they do their thing and that's fine. But for me, it's always been... Uh, I've always had a strong opinion that as a city, we should shout out about a lot more than about our... Uh, about being synonymous with Balti because... In all fairness, there's a lot more that we do. <laughs> well, even if I think about my memory of you from that show that yeah. we were talking about, and I rem- again, like, I remember being so excited about it because I've always loved curry and always loved Indian food. But it was it was that elevation that you were trying to achieve. It was that making it something that your average punter hadn't experienced before in a curry house. W- where did that sort of stem from? Was it just your ambition as a chef, or so it's, it's always come from the understanding where see we've got British curry. And it, that's what it is. It's the curry industry is uh, an industry that's created in the UK, and it's a, I guess, a hybrid. Not even a hybrid. Uh, you know, a lot of the times, what's served at your local curry house, and I'm, and I enjoy. It. I, I, I don't. I, I, might, I enjoy going out for a curry once in a while. You know, and and that's what it is. But it's far removed from what Indian food actually right. really is. It's it's completely different. And obviously now where people travel so much and I don't have to bang that point home anymore because a lot of people have been over to India and have tried all the different influences and realised well actually it's nothing like what we eat at home and then as in the British curry industry they're uh, uh, I guess confident enough now to be honest about the fact that this is a very much a British phenomenon and it's a British cuisine and I think we Brits we get 100% behind it as well because it's ours this is what we, you know, we we own curry <laughs> and that, that's the truth. Yeah. But then Indian cuisine is a different thing. And the nuances and the, 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 the characteristics and, 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 and the complexity of Indian cuisine, there's far more to it than what's been represented. So what I've always wanted to do is, starting at a very basic level, the food I ate at home, the food my mother cooked, find, represent that. So the, one of the broths, the broth that I did on one of the... Uh, for one of the courses with Gordon on the F word was a dish that my mother taught me to cook and it's just a classic fish broth and it's something that I still do iterations of and I will be doing in the summer Uh, we're just working on it right now but it's like a tomato, coriander, chilli and garlic broth that's served with fish so that's completely different to because when you think about Indian food you think about curries you think about thick gloopy sauces that you dunk your naan in and with chunks of meat floating around it whereas it's not that yeah it's completely and, different and, and i suppose as well the other interesting thing when you're saying about there is for com- to comparison for that high-end indian cuisine there aren't loads of restaurants that are doing that you know there's not many that really spring to my mind apart from yourself banares and then i'm thinking what's kind of you know so you're you're in a almost a category of your own aren't you well, I think we're, what puts us in more so uh, a very unique space is because I cook f- food from, and I say it from a Brummies perspective. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, 
we're sitting here in the middle of the jury quarter. I was born an, uh, a mile and a half from here at Dudley Road Hospital. I grew up um, in that direction to my right in an area called Aston. I, I grew up there and I, and I spent most of my 20s living in the jury quarter. So I'm a Brummie born and bred so I and I've learned Indian food and understanding of Indian food through through my eyes so not not through if you look at some of the other chefs you know some of the the restaurants that you've mentioned you know, their training's been back in India throughout the hotels like Oberoi and 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 the Taj group and you know there's the, the similarities in what they do whereas what what I do, no one actually does, or no one else does. You know, we just do what we do, and a lot of it starts off with like right now we've got this incredible dish on that a theme where asparagus is coming to season now, so we're getting the Litchfield asparagus in that, and we've in, you know we've marinated that in a very light aromatic tandoori marinade, and then you've got elements of heat running through it, but then that's paired with. Uh, a duck egg, you know, and and it's it's that combination. It's finding that balance between how I see food, and I, you know, and and my European, my strong European and modern British approach and understanding of food, and then tethering that to the colour, the flavour, the aroma that comes from my heritage, and that's what it is. It's so everything we serve at Ophim, it is a essentially uh, respect to both of those two disciplines and it comes through the team that we have so in our team we're all apart from me they're all very young and everyone is able to to take part so we've got a young polish chap uh, mikey who works with us and he's great at fermenting everything he's our mr rene Rezepi, you know he's our <laughs> mr ferment and i've got neil who's my head chef we've been working together for years like for nearly a decade and we're great mates as well so it's a collective we've got a young you know young young chap who's uh, of vietnamese heritage another one is filipino and then uh, a couple of a few more brummies actually and we all work together and we 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 deliver food that's truly brummy food but with a a very distinct and authentic it's a, in a bizarre way indian accent which yeah. is and that's why what we do is very very unique it must be quite fun you know to do that to have those different edges and that different inspirations and yeah and no, I, I think it's it's incredible fun because it, neil and i we can have a conversation on a tuesday morning by wednesday everyone's got several components and we all put it together and we try all the different variations until we find one that works and then once we find mm. one that works then we tweak that several million times until we find one that's ready to go on the menu so it also goes back to that core ideal of our businesses, which is about investing in future talent. So this gives all the uh, the young kids that work in our team that opportunity to constantly develop because they're having to think. They're not being force-fed stuff. They're not. They're not like you know. I always say to the guys, I don't want to be like you know the uh, bird's nest where you just uh, the mother, mother bird just turns up and just pukes up everything down another one's throat i don't want that we're all human we're we've all got brains we've got the ability to adapt we've got the ability to learn so let's do that together and let's create something and let's 
And because that way, everyone has a better understanding of what you're doing. If everyone goes through the learning process as opposed to just being a, given a spec book, follow that. If everyone learns yeah. together, you actually understand. And then when things don't go right, you know how to pull it back because you know where it could have gone wrong. And it's, it's that, it's almost like cooking by democracy to a degree. And, and I think that's the way it should be. And that way it allows you to create more superstars. I don't have an ego that needs stroking. I know who I am, I know what I've done, and I know what I intend to do. But then I've got all this young, untapped talent that they need, they need somewhere to, to, to be able to, an avenue uh, to, to, to explore that and develop that. And it's my job, it's my duty to give them that environment and give them the opportunity to do that, to become bigger and better people and yeah. better than me. Well, I think a lot of people that I talk to that are like yourself and have multiple places talk about it almost like captain of the ship or captain of the team where you're giving the people the, the right tools to set them up for, for what you want them, how yeah. you want them to progress. Yeah, and it, it is... And, but, like, once again, I always say to the guys, like, every time we get new members of the team who join us, so we had a chap join us last week, so he's been working in fine dining for quite some time, and he asked about the structure, and I said, well, no one's bigger than anyone. We're all the same. We're, and I use the term, we're all in the shit together, so make sure you all pack a, pa- uh, a, a spade. You know, we're, we're, there's only one way, a shovel, sorry. We're, and we've all got to get through this, and we've got to make it happen together. So there's no, I'm bigger than you, you're bigger than me, and I can speak to you a certain way, and he can speak to you. None of that crap. Everyone is just as important, and everyone is just as valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is. And... Like I say to everyone, there's no space for egos, and if there is an ego in that kitchen, it's mine, and that's the end of that. So everyone else, let's get through, leave that at the door. Let's work together to make this happen. Well, kind of picking up on something you said earlier, I was eyeing up the menus outside of theme in here earlier, and you see dish, uh, ingredients like hogget I saw on the menu out there, and like you said, you, you don't read that and then go, ah, that will be... An Indian, in, you know. So, is it that kind of playing with expectations as well? No, I think when everyone we're in a real lucky place because everyone who dines at Ophim, they they know to expect an experience that will make them question their understanding of Indian food. And I'm not saying we get it right all the time. It's not for everyone. I also agree with that because you can't be for everyone. Everything can't be for everyone. Uh, so, you know, but. For those who want an alternative experience, who want an experience where perhaps they might go away learning something and, and experiencing something new, then that's what we're here for. Yeah. And that's what we deliver on. So when you come to Ophim, no, you don't start off with a papadom. Because <laughs> I always say, we, there's like 12,000, 13,000 other Indian restaurants in the country <laughs> that you can go and get yourself a papadom. They sell them in packs of eight at Tesco. <laughs> so if you want a papadom, knock yourself out plenty of spaces for that whereas if you come here how you'll start your meal and what you'll eat throughout your meal you won't get anywhere else you will not get it anywhere else it's a truly unique experience so that that's what people come yeah. for have you got an example of a, something like that a dish that you'll do because obviously I need to try and get some five dishes out of you I've, you've given me one so you can have one I've got to get four dishes out of you so you've got more examples that you can tell me about like so for example um, snacks wise right now we're 
we, we do this uh, potato, it's like a smoked potato. So it's, uh, it's a noir moutier potato in which we cook, well, we poach it in smoked spiced rapeseed oil. And it's got pickling notes running through it. You've got cardamom, you've got garlic, you've got a bit of heat. And then we char that up and then we serve that with just a bit of salt and that's it. And what we're, what that reminds me of is a little a dish called barta, which my mum used to make when we were kids. And it was just potatoes, which she would cut into slithers and put over an open flame on the cooker at home and burn it all up on the outside. And then that should break, uh, she'd put some spices, green chilli, coriander, a bit of garlic and, and mustard oil through it. And then you just have that. And that, that's a dish in itself. So it's something that we do here and it's just a snack. It's just something that we're starting you off with. Yeah. So it's the flavours are Indian, but do you automatically relate it to Indian food? No. But if you explore it, is the rationale there? Yes. Is that where you tend to start then for dishes? You know, memories or, you know, is that kind of what inspires you, if you like? Yeah, so it is memories. You know, obviously, naturally, it's easy. It's, that's the easiest part of it if you're cooking from memory which is fantastic but discovery is an incredible and exciting way to cook as well so the whole concept of a theme came about i was reading a book called the nimat nama which is a it's an account of a uh, the the uh, court of uh, sorry it's a let's start that again so the nimat nama it's a uh, it's an account that was written by uh, the uh, Sultan of Delhi and then finished off by his son. But we're talking 13th, back into the 13th century, early 14th. And normally these, these manuscripts, they concentrated heavily on, I guess, economics, politics. And, and that's what it's all about, really. Whereas this one, it had a massive section dedicated to food because the guy was an epicure. The Sultan of Delhi, he... His life was about sensory, sensory indulgence, so whether that be food, drink, it was said that he had 15,000 women in his harem, so yeah, he was uh, uh, Hugh Hefner of his time. But, um, but like I say, they, they had these incredible recipes, and it's about interpreting these recipes and understanding these recipes and then working with those recipes to create something that's relevant today. So... To give you one example, there's one of the recipes that I stand out, which makes me laugh, was about a, a samosa with a paneer samosa. And but you can't just get paneer; you can't just make get milk and make paneer. It all goes back to the colour of the cow. So it had to be either a red or a black cow. And then this red and black cow had to be fed uh, a, a strict diet of pheasant eggs, uh, milk, lavender, you know, all these aromats, and 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 then. You get the milk from that, then you make your paneer, and then you go through the process of making your your, your samosa. So this was six six hundred years ago. So for us, it's that discovery. So going through that book and going through other uh, dishes that we have an overall understanding of or an outline understanding of, and then reinterpreting that, understanding that with our eyes and then delivering that to our guests. Yeah. That's another type of cooking that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's really easy to just delve back into food memory. And 
I'll be going to see my mum later on today and no doubt she's got something interesting that I will eat and she, she'll never just cook one item there's always a, a banquet <laughs> and I love it and you know that's what my mother does and that's what she's always been good at she's a great cook and she's been a great inspiration to this day still is but there's that but then there's this whole new level of discovery which in that when we're cooking dishes from that that's where all 13 of us are involved whereas if I just kept cooking from dishes that I've done in the past or stuff that I've learnt and influences that I I have in my food memory that'll just be very much me 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 and I don't want that I want a I want a restaurant that is a representation or yeah it's a delivery of every individual yeah. And that's what it's about. Yes, I'm there to steer it, and yes, I'm there to, to guide it and make sure it stays on the right track. And it, it, the identity is very much in a true food that represents me. But I'm not going to go and I'm not going to stand here and say I, I cook everything because I don't. There's 13 guys there who do work extremely hard, day in day out, and they deserve every part of the the kudos and the success that we have. Is it interesting now, you know, coming from where we've been talking about and now to having that multi site, you know, does it kind of keep you on your toes and, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, for example, Lenya, so we talk about food memories. So Lenya, the Italian restaurant that we've done here, that's based on definitely a very uh, personal journey that I had with food. And I worked with, uh, with an Italian restaurant company in my teens and, and early 20s. And they were, I guess, for Birmingham beyond their time. You know, at that time in Birmingham, we were we were dealing with, uh, I guess, deep pan pizzas from Pizza Hut, and we, you know that was like cutting edge for us. That was that was the that was what represented Italian food and 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 carbonaras, you know, creamy carbonaras. And when they came in, and they actually represented true representation of Italian food with the you know, the Neapolitan style pizzas. So we just didn't get it. So they managed to stick with us for about 18 months just under two years and then they they had enough of us and they left but that what Alberto did what what he taught me back then and what I've learned is what we're doing here today at Lenya and then the team that we've got here they will continue to develop and I will be there to to guide them and steer them and the same will apply for the next restaurant I spend a lot of time in Argentina across Latin America but a lot of time in Buenos Aires and Mendoza parts of the world that I absolutely love and I and I've in my previous group I did a, a restaurant based around food from there but it wasn't a true representation of what I wanted it to be and the, one of the great things about my new group is it's totally unadulterated it's exactly to my vision not only the interiors to every level and not just the interior and food, but every little point, you know, from from the furniture to the cutlery that you use, it's what I envisage for that place. So I'll be doing... So that's one of the restaurants I'll be doing soon, and we've got a hotel coming in as well. Wow. But all of these... And this is all going to be in Birmingham. Yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. And we've got so we've got another two restaurants and a hotel coming. And for us, it's, it is about using that same style of, I guess, coaching, encouraging, and inspiring... And then these teams will allow me then to go and further invest in the city for myself and Alan, my business partner, to go and further 
create more opportunities for other like-minded young professionals and young restaurateurs of the future and that's why how that's that's why I'm so passionate about this model of working as a in a very democratic way and inclusive way where everyone is just as important because yes Ophim we opened up Ophim five months later I opened up Lenin yeah. and I was only able to do that because I had a group of lads who I trust with my life and I trust with my name and I trust with my business yes I'm only next door but yes I'm there every day but it means that there are people there that I trust and the same applies here Lenya these are people that have worked with me over the years that I trust and once I know they're settled, it'll allow me to move on to the next one and get that set up, creating further opportunities and, 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 and you know, adding further value to the city. Do you see yourself expanding city-wise or do you think you'll kind of make a hub in Birmingham? I think, you know, as it stands, I'm still very keen to continue my journey in Birmingham. It's... it's, it's it's where I was born and brought up. It's where I'm, I've got that, that link to. But in the future, you never know. But right now, I'm, I'm still very keen. And I, though I get opportunities and, and invites to be involved in restaurants in other parts of the country, it's easy to say no to them. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about a potential project? You know, you mentioned in the, an Argentinian idea that you'd like to introduce. What is it about a new project that does excite you and say right yeah that's going to be the right next move for me it's it's all for me it's all about bringing what i enjoy when i travel to other parts of the world and sharing it with people in the city that is all it is and it's very important that we all as a group and as independents we offer credible alternatives to change and in every sector, we are, should be in a position where we can prove why we can do it better and why the, the public should... By coming to an independent doesn't mean they're losing out. They're actually winning. It's usually cheaper. It's usually better quality food. And it's usually cooked by someone who cares. So, for me, it's, I look at... Yes, there's pet, you know, different parts of the world that I've visited and the food style of food and the culture that I enjoy so primarily it comes from that being able to share that with friends family and our guests that dine at all of our and support our restaurants and Brummies as a whole to give them that opportunity to enjoy that as well that's, that's what it is really so I wondered if you had another dish that you could talk to me about that you would choose as a favour or a, a, you know a, a top memory or something like that that we could put as a top memory, so something that we do at Lenya, so the ragu that we do here, it takes nearly three days to make. And that I had, um, actually wasn't the head chef, it was a guy called Pascal, who was the sous chef at that Italian in Birmingham all those years back. And I learned that from him. And, uh, and that's what we do here. So we get, whole joints the shoulders of wild boar um, cheek oxtail shin um, bone marrow and organic San Marzano some Calabrian chilli pepper all the aromats loads of Barolo and we just let that stew for nearly three days just bubbling away bubbling away until it all breaks down and becomes this one 
meaty sauce because that's what a, uh, a ragu is supposed to be, a bolognese is supposed to be. It's supposed to be uh, a meaty sauce as opposed to what we've, I guess, the high high street has taught us is it's a tomato sauce with little bits of mint in it because it's cheap for them. Uh, it costs them 20, 25 pence a portion. Whereas for me, this, the true iteration of what, how it should be is, I guess, something that in, has inspired a restaurant. Yeah. So that one dish inspired this restaurant. That's crazy. Yeah. And so that's what it is. So yeah, so, you know, without doubt, you know, love something that I love and I love Italian food. And who, who doesn't love a nice bolognese? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because you have then that mix between the authenticity, but because we don't see it everywhere, like you just mentioned, it's actually a surprise. Yeah. So what I tried, we had we had a couple uh, who dined here, um, and they were they were quite upset that our, our bolognese was very different to what they expected. And they expected a big bowl of spaghetti with a bit of tomato and mince. And I explained, well, that's not what it is. Like, bolognese is normally served with a flat pasta of some sort, and we serve it with a pappardelle, and, um, which is made in-house. And um, you know, I tried to explain that to them. I said, look, that you can eat at home. That you can eat at Gusto, blah, 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 any of these other Ask Italian, all of these chain restaurants where they'll bang it out for you all day long. But that's not what I do here, and that's not what I want to do. I want to. This restaurant is built around my respect for a particular cuisine and its culture. So I'm going to do my best to represent that cuisine and culture. And what happens? Yes, a lot of the times, because, like I say, there are certain cuisines that we have been taught to eat by the supermarkets and the chain restaurants, and what we've been taught to eat is their iteration of it, and their iteration normally revolves around what's cheap for them to knock out what can they standardise and what can they make out of factory and 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 that's it that's where they come from yeah. they don't come from the angle of does, is it respectful to the actual is it you know, culturally respectful is it a true representation those things don't even come into it so it, it's quite interesting actually to have that those that, those conversations that I do yeah. often it's that education guess. piece that we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, earlier course, isn't yeah. it it's kind of opening people's minds to what what quality is and what the original of the dish is. Yeah, it's like, you know, when sit down and try and explain to people that, look, for example, you know, our burrata, a family in Naples make it for us and it's, it's made and it comes over to us and it's within 24 hours of it finishing being made, we have it. So yes, it's very different to what you may know as burrata. Yes, it's got, it has got stronger flavour, it is deeper, it has those almost cheesy yeasty notes because it's different to the one that you, you'd have ha- you'd have at your su- off the supermarket shelf or at you know uh, any chain restaurant because these guys they're small artisan producers they make a very small amount like our olive oil most people are used to eating olive oil that they use with their bread is is that pomace so one part olive up to five parts refined veg oil so when you get real you know, we, we have a single press extra virgin and it has those olivey notes that perfume and then almost that slightly bitter finish that you get with a good olive and people can't understand that and and it's when you try and explain well that's how the real stuff tastes 
and this is the color of the real stuff you know when it hasn't been refined and everything else this is this is how it is and it's it's interesting it's an interesting journey so we could do one of two things we can obviously push our principles to the side and think because invariably that process stuff is cheaper to buy obviously it's easier for people to understand because they're already used to it so you don't have that education but then what about your principles where does that come into it so it's it's fine that and for for us our principles are always <clears throat> always stronger uh, stronger driving force than profit well i think it's like you've said you know it's you want to know that it when it's got your name on it the restaurants like they do that stands for something doesn't it yeah. it stands for a mark of quality yeah uh, quality for sure but honesty i'd like to say right. is the biggest thing yeah. uh, because we're, we're not we have this mantra within our business and it's very simple most restaurants will be like give the guest as little as we can get away with so it's all about all right can we give them this will they be all right will they get it yeah fine that's fine for us it's the other way give them as much as we can afford and give 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 so when you read reviews about our restaurant and dining experiences, people will often say, yeah, but all these extra costs that we didn't even know about, we weren't expecting, because they're our guests, so we look after our guests. So, yes, we spoil our guests, and we'll spoil them with everything, the ingredients that we use, and we'll spoil them with the experience as well. But it is all about, for us, it's very simple. We are here to make sure that our guests get the best experience and an honest experience so you know we're not here to rip anyone off we're not here to take money from people dishonestly we're here i've always believed in that the fair transaction and my in my opinion the fair transaction comes from uh, me being able to put a dish in front of a guest thinking all right i've got the best piece of meat on there you know i've got every every process every component on there is the best <clears throat> and the price that we're selling it as it allows us to give this much and that much of it and so on and so forth. That's great. So it's not a case of, all right, let's chop that in half now. Now we've just made so much more. That doesn't work with us. It is a simple case of give, 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 and everything else will sort itself out. So obviously what, what when I meet people, we meet lots of chefs who tend to be very kind of forward-thinking people, and I, I, you know, I like to look back. I like to have followed your career and what have you. We haven't even touched on things like GBM, you know, winning things like that. When you do, if and when you do look back, do, is your career kind of how you saw it would be going? You know, all those years back as a young, fiery lad on on an F word, or you know, even before that, you know. I think my career definitely has been a learning curve, and something that I have learned over those last few years with my last group is a lot of what I learned and what I've taken away is what not to do and how not to do it and that's why my new group if you look at it it's all about just it was very unique it's very authentic in itself when I say authentic you know it's food that comes from my heart it's an experience that comes from my heart it's not watered down by any stretch of the imagination it's not commercialised for the sake of profit it is a very true and honest delivery of a service of a product and that's what my career has taught me like you know after this big that big 
you know, almost I was immersed into this completely different lifestyle and, and, and you know, having this attention that I had to then mature through that and then come to that stage and that understanding now where it's my job to do something good with it. That's, that's what I've learned and that's what it's about really and it's all about doing good whether it be good for your customer for your colleagues for the environment for the city and for its future and that's it it's, it's all around that that's what I've learned you've given me lots of intriguing dishes that you've spoken to me about I need one more from you and what this is is if you imagine we had a specials board that is kind of a re- you know maybe maybe even arguably the most special dish something that really stands out for you, what would you have as your special dish? My special dish. I don't know. See, I've, I've, the thing is with me, I've I've had such a, a a wealth of experiences throughout my life, and I'm so so lucky to have so many friends who are great cooks. Uh, my mother, and just in the family, and in all the places in the world that I've experienced. But things that I, you know, if I was to say, there's a dish that that stands out and one that would always stay with me I guess it will probably be with the uh, one of the in the semi-finals I did the uh, the main course with Gordon and at that point, point even though compared to now it's nowhere near as refined as it is when I put it on the menu now but that you know that particular dish is something that I guess has always served me well and it's the, it's the smoked lamb with the uh, the potato and then the sauce itself is made with the uh, the, the lamb trotters and bone marrow and and the, so that that particular dish it, that that's the one and I think you know guests look forward to it when it's, when yeah. it's whenever it's on the menu. Where had that come from? Where had the idea from of that come from? The idea, um, the idea came from just I was just researching. See, like I don't like the thick onion sauces. It's never been my thing. So for me, it's always about understanding where the origins of food and the origins of Indian food, as we know. So Indian food that we know today is quite thick, quite sludgy, quite heavy. But then imagine like lighter, brothier sauces and so on. So, but then that with strong meat. So there's a dish called a nihari, which is essentially lamb. It's a breakfast dish, but it's a lamb broth. So this dish is a an iteration or a, a variation of that so it's called, it's called a lava bar so very fragrant perfumey sauce but the sauce essentially uses the collagens from for collagen from from the tendons the trotter all those little jelly bits that you get close to the bone to make the sauce and give the sauce viscosity so you've got that immense meatiness to it but then that and that flavour of lamb running through it and then you've got the aromatic spices running through it as opposed to heat, most of the heat comes from crap pepper and that. So that's that's where the dish came from. It's an evolution, I guess. So the last thing I wanted to ask you, we spoke about kind of where we are up until now, and you spoke about what you'd like to bring in to Birmingham. Is is there anything that you have in your head to think this is what I'd love to achieve? You know, this is what I'd love to say that I have done. You know, what you've yet to do, maybe. Well, it's not more for me. I'd, I'd like to... One thing that would be fantastic, I think, at, at Ophim, for, for all the, the the team there is is to achieve that star. I think, you know, we, we all work extremely hard. We 
we deliver an extremely unique product and service and experience. So it'd be nice for them to give that, for them to get that recognition and 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 because. I cook there every day. I, I, I go in and out from, from the hours from in the morning from nine, ten in the morning, so till six o'clock, eight hours straight I do all the sauces, stocks, marinades, so on and so forth and, and that's it. And then you know the the rest of the guys get together and they they do their little bit and we all put it together and we we put these beautiful plates of food together. But it's a lot of hard work and everyone's doing long days. And yes, we do it for the love of what seeing that smile on our guest's face. But you know what? We're all chefs, and these are young chefs as well. I'd love to give them that taste of success. And success doesn't always have to be financial. And to be able to be say to say, you know what? We were part of the team. We won this together. We achieved this together. That for me would be incredible. But in the long term. I want to, you know, if you if this is essentially a rocking chair question, I want to be sitting on a rocking chair and on these restaurants. I don't want my name on them anymore. I want to see one of the young kids, and I always say to them, I say, and we always make a joke, and every time a new kid joins us, I always say, I wonder if you're the one who's going to make me retire. And I would love to see all of these restaurants with one of these young commies, their name on each of the restaurants, and that for me would be a success that's such an amazing thing and that's such an amazing um way to approach you know what you do that that is i'm a father i've got my son's 11 and um i've got two nephews as well sadly hospitality is not their thing i'm the only one out of my (laughs) entire family's and my father still is but out of the next generation i guess there's no one so for me it is, you know. I, when I see these little kids, I, I, I see myself in them. I was them. I, it's just that back then I never had the the great mentorship that I say I guess they have with the team that we have and the great environment that we have because I worked in some right shitholes. So, so you know where they've got you know state of the art kitchen with all the gizmos, gadgets, and access to some of the best ingredients we can get hold of and. And there's no one holding them back. Yeah. And even if it means like they're, they're, they're wasting a few ingredients here and there, I say, well, unless you waste, you're not going to fucking learn. So I always say to them, don't be reckless, but explore and grow. And so for me, it's a conscious effort to make, because knowing that I know my son's never going get to get into this business. I know neither, either one of my nephews aren't going to get into this business either. So it'd be nice it goes to someone who, who's part of it who builds it who's built it up yeah and it'd be incredible in 10 years time 15 years time to, so it's, if one yeah. of the commies that we have today he he takes over the mantle yeah and one of the commies we have here at Lenya takes over one of the 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 South the Argentine restaurant the, one of the commies there takes over I'd love to see that happen you know, every now and again, I have moments doing the podcast where I think, you know, if you'd have told me way back then in, in being a, you know, a beginner foodie, a novice foodie, learning about things and seeing people like you on the TV, that I'd be sat here meeting with you and chatting with you and, and having such an amazing time, I would have pinched myself. I've wanted you on the show for so long. 
uh, and I'm just delighted that we've had you. So thank you so much for your time, and thank you for being a guest on the pass. And thank you very much for uh, spending the time and listening to me waffle on. It was my pleasure, absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks again to our fantastic series partners, ChefWorks. Check them out on social media. Just search at ChefWorks UK in Ireland on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Hashtag ChefWorksWearer if you wear ChefWorks and you want to feature or get in touch with us and maybe you can appear as a chef of the month. Now that would be really cool to see a chefy listener of the past feature as a ChefWorks Wearer of the month. That would be really cool. You can get in touch with me on twitter as well at the past pod uh, i am also the underscore past underscore podcast on instagram or you can email me with stories of best dining experiences perhaps celebrities in restaurants is always fun uh, i'm at paul at the past podcast.co.uk and perhaps i will grovel with chef works for an apron for our best email that gets read out on the show that would be cool you can have your own apron chef works apron that would be really lovely to see somebody in that uh, you can take a nice picture for us cheers guys and uh, we will see you next time around on the past podcast cheers